Hey, Quack 12 fans. In true Quack 12 fashion, Aaron and I did not think ahead, so we've got nothing really for you for early signing day, though very good stuff is happening for Oregon. We're talking about potentially top five class. We've already got some flips from USC, from Ohio State, so things are looking perfectly quacky in the women's basketball front. Uh, bad news, we lost to Utah Tech. So if there's any optimism in my voice when I'm talking about women's basketball in this episode, just just take that out. Just, just take that out of your brain. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, y'all. We'll see you soon. Quack, quack, on to the show. Welcome to the Quack Troll Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web photosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quacky and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 Q-U-A-C-K. I am your host. Adam Tremail. And I am Aaron Schroeder. That Esquire. is right. This is, oh, the third. Okay, that, that's new. <laughs> All right. Apparently two new Aaron Schroeders have been uh, added. Uh, this is the Quack Troll Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web. Footosphere and Aaron, we got a new quarterback. We got another what? new freaking quarterback. Aaron, this is unprecedented. And in fact, in, guaranteed? in general, eh, not guaranteed, but pretty freaking close to guaranteed. Is it uh, that same guy from last week or is this yet another guy? This is another guy. This is we're not just talking Dylan Gabriel, who is, uh, uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel's more of the Bo Nix comparison where you're like, he's he's played a lot. He started a lot. Um, he you know, he's transferring over from Oklahoma He's has so much starting experience, not as much as Bo Nix. That's no what I was thinking does. of was the transfer, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's he still is on track, clearly, I think, to come in and be QB number one, especially with the experience. And I'm I'm very excited about that. My heart's broken, Aaron, actually. We, there's there's another one. Why is that? Because Ty Thompson yeah. is gone. He gone. He he left. He hasn't he hasn't fa- he's entered the transfer portal. He hasn't found a spot yet. And I get it. I'm man. sorry, and Ty. A lot of duck fans, we failed you. A lot of a little bit. Um the other thing is I, I think it's just uh I I think on that front, you know, Dan Landing didn't recruit him, so he may not be exactly what he wants in a quarterback. Oh God, and now you've you have that feeling of being stuck. You're stuck with a coach you don't want you. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get out of there. Yeah, I mean, I uh, just judging from social media, which is you know not something any smart person should say, but um, I don't think there's necessarily hard feelings from Ty Thompson. I think it's very good that he's gonna go start somewhere. You know, most likely, yep. I, I assume he's, he's got to be a starter wherever he's going. He wants to go play, you know, um, and so I, I'm wishing him the best of luck, obviously. But uh, 
he wasn't going to start here, not with Dylan Gabriel coming in. And then I doubt maybe he knew of this upcoming news I'm about to say. Uh, if he did, then he's he's definitely like, I'm not competing for QB2. Oh that's my for God. sure, so I'm getting out of here. <coughs> Who is this? So, Who is this magical Aaron. Superman? Aaron. So, if you remember last year, uh, there was a five-star, I mean, uh, I believe he's the number one recruit out of Michigan, number two or three, I forget, QB out of that class. He was a, a really highly regarded uh, a, a recruit. We wanted him really bad. He was five stars. He he had a lot of Oregon connection. He visited us over and over uh-huh. and over. Yeah. But at the last minute, he switched over to UCLA. I'm talking oh, that's about right. Dante Moore. Right. Well, this was who, in the rumor mill last this week. This was in the rumor mill. It, it seemed unlikely still, but it was like... Well, there's rumor that he's still in, interested in visiting Oregon. Most people thought, like, he's visiting us, but he's probably just, you know, just visiting on his way. He, I he mean, wants to be a starter. Even if you go to UCLA, you can't deny that we have the best sports equipment in the land. So I'm sure he flew up just to use our weight room. Yeah, just to get his swole on. I yeah. get it. I wouldn't even blame him for it. Get some new Nikes and be out the door. <laughs> yeah. But. Aaron, so he get his and, name you know, embroidered he, on the side. He he had a rough uh, freshman campaign in UCLA, which which was a lot of like he didn't start in the first game, and then they kind of threw him later in the first yeah. game, and he and he won that. But then he had a bunch of a really rough stretch where he was just throwing pick sixes left and right. We want that getting, around. I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you if we're looking at just what he did. At UCLA, yeah, it's not very impressive. But we also he completed. I do believe we spoke with Hithliday about how that might be mismanagement. Uh, oh, it's absolutely. It's it's Chip Kelly problems anyone, more than his. Problems. Anyone who who watched that season is like you just threw. This is the problem with throwing a freshman QB. Just like go out there, go start. Is no matter how good he is, which on paper. You know, this guy is very good. On paper, Ty Thompson was our best uh, recruit ever, too, though. So sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know. But um, Dante Moore, they threw him out to the Wolves, you know, behind a pretty shaky offensive line. Mm -hmm. And Chip Kelly isn't exactly known as a a QB guru. He's had, you know, he's had a Heisman winner. He's had some, he's had uh, also. um, Chip Kelly can barely process what the center's (laughs) job is. (laughs) Uh, he you know he had dtr there too like he's had some amazing quarterbacks sure those are more like mobile quarterbacks Dante Moore is supposedly more of just uh is a really good like passer he he had a terrible season i'll I'll give you the numbers Mm -hmm. uh well maybe he needs to learn how to run a little bit more too though right that's what i'm saying but i mean we have a strong ass line so that's great for us cool that exactly we have a better team i would say around him than ucla does he completed 53 percent of his passes for 1600 yards Mm -hmm. 11 touchdowns Hmm. those aren't exactly screaming i mean for example you shouldn't compare him with this but bo was near 80 freaking percent which is historically good that is insanely good that is john um, elway he also threw nine interceptions and off the top of my head at least three of those were pick sixes in, like, in crucial times. 
So, but he had stretches where you're like, for a freshman, he looks good. I can name this another quarterback that was kind of renowned for throwing interceptions that turned out to Who's be that? the God's gift to the game. Who's that? Justin Herbert. <laughs> he wasn't known for throwing interceptions. He was renowned <laughs> but, uh, for his interceptions. I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, by the way, you shouldn't be talking shit. He's out for the rest of the season for the NFL. Oh, fuck. What happened? It is. He got sacked. He got sacked like four freaking times, and I believe it's like a, I want to say a hand injury. Oh, I and thought so we were talking surgery. concussion protocols turned into more great no, situations. luckily it's not that. But the second he was out, where it's like, okay, Justin Herbert's no longer the starter. Yeah. They got destroyed, right. man. Like, and their coach immediately got fired. Uh, uh, the, the higher up got fired, too. Wow. Like, it's very clear. Hey, Justin Herbert is that team. Anyways, right. you got no, me distracted. Yeah, I just wanted I to need... also say for the uh, the yeah. listening audience who's decided that I'm some kind of an asshole for saying that about Justin Herbert, yeah. it is only because I have to keep a character. I actually have no uh, qualms with the man. I think he's just fine. Uh, but amazing. I have to be the guy that dislikes him so that Adam becomes the good guy for telling me what an asshole I am. You see? It's a and dynamic they... shift that I do on purpose. And yet they still hate me and like you more. Yeah. <laughs> But Dante Moore, yeah. So like he's coming here. Like this is kind of unprecedented with the transfer portal and like usually if you transfer in a good guy, a guy that is good, mm-hmm. your backup is if they've been there for a while is either leaving or maybe they're staying, uh-huh. and then maybe you can either, maybe it comes down to like. Oh, well, we got a freshman behind him. Uh-huh. It usually hurts your QB depth. And it did. I mean, Ty Thompson left. That 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 does hurt our QB depth. But to have two really highly rated transfer QBs coming in the same class, one of them, I believe, this is what people believe, Dante Moore is coming in knowing that he's probably not starting, that and, and I think it's a perk for him where he's like, I wanted to be a duck to begin with, and I want to take the time to learn, mm-hmm. to develop, to really be a good quarterback. Because, like, I just got starting time, and it freaking sucked. Like, I'm down with just taking a year, learning from Dylan Gabriel, learning from Dan Lanning and the QB mm-hmm. coach, and developing as a player so that I actually can have a shot to get to my ultimate goal, which is the NFL. And then hopefully this is setting up so it's like Dylan Gabriel comes in, immediately is amazing, immediately makes us competitive in the Big Ten. And then the year after that, we have Dante Moore, who is a very highly regarded quarterback, already have a year in the system Mm -hmm. and seamlessly is ready to go. That's the plan uh, it may not work out. He may just kind of be, you know, oh, he wasn't as good as everyone thought he was, or maybe UCLA like broke him. But the fact that he's willing to do this, or maybe he just comes in and competes and actually wins, that'd be insane. Mm-hmm. That that'd truly be bonkers. But uh, it really goes to show, like, first of all, we got a lot of money. Let's be, you real. know, yeah, I think it's a good sign. I sometimes wonder about this notion and i get that you have to right because that's mm-hmm. how you weed out you know the lesser performances but i the idea of pitting two quarterbacks like when we did it 
We did it two, uh, just not that long ago. Who were the two quarterbacks? It was um, Anthony oh, Brown. I mean, Bo Nix and Ty Thompson, or who are you talking about? Oh, Anthony Brown Jr. and Tyler Shuck. Yeah, you know, and then also Ty Thompson was still there, too. It was like, yeah. you know, like, who's going to be the better performer and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe I would just want to trust a freshman kid to be with me for four years so that on his senior year, yeah. he's – the greatest thing you've ever seen because also well it sounds like we're gonna have to start remembering a quarterback's name every season and well you will have to do that yeah (laughs) yes that's what i'm it look down and down it's literally because god damn it dude that's too many names but uh oh i get it well i mean this is this is my because back in the day that was the only i'm talking even 10 years ago Mm mm-hmm Oregon used to like there was a state where it's just like yep you develop your obviously you develop your quarterbacks especially when transfers into the program meant like it had to be a grad student mm-hmm. a lot of or they had to sit out a year stuff like that um that's no longer the case and like at, right. at one point when Vernon I Adams think I'm too Jr., sensitive for the brutality of what this game actually is cuz when they get hit too well, hard I go that's too hard when they have yeah. to actually compete against each other and you're on the same team, I'm like, that's not fair. No, I get it. You're, I think I'm too you're, soft. You're a beta cuck, like <laughs> Jerry Falwell Jr. Yeah. But um, And that's fine, y'all. <laughs> that's fine. You're a snowflake. Yeah. Right. You melt in the, it's in the fine. heat of football. Uh, now I'm, like, I'm an alpha. But um, like back in the day when Vernon Adams Jr. transferred here, like people were like, well, that's good, but... I don't like this not developing QBs thing. Like, this could be rough. And then the year after that, we transferred in Dakota Prukop, and it kind of proved all the haters uh, right because we sucked, and we didn't have a good quarterback Mm. behind him. And and if only we had developed these things. But it's a completely new era. I truly am under the belief where it's like every single year, if there's a good quarterback in the transfer portal, that is a better situation, get him. Okay. And right now, Dan Lanning even doubled down where he's like, I'll get him and I'll get him. Oh, dude, we're in that the era of the Shogun. Nuts. That's what's happening. Exactly. I love it. I was going to say it myself. I was about <laughs> Missiles to Missiles for hire. Um, that being said, that does make, I mean, like, three-star QB, which there was some high side, high side to him. Luke Moga coming in from Arizona in this class. Maybe he's like, okay, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for competing against both these guys and someone, you know, like. So there may be some mix up, but having Dante more, having Ty Thompson as your backup quarterback probably would have been better for next year. But having Dante Moore as your backup QB and taking practice reps may be better, higher future, mm-hmm. you know, uh, higher upside. So. It's big news. We'll see what comes of it, but pretty pretty fast. Can I ask you say. one last more ethereal type question? Okay. Is that a word? Why not? Ethereal. Uh, ethereal? Ethereal, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think when, when you've got these guys in there, right, and you're having them all go after the same position that is such a huge position, the most important, some uh-huh. would say, uh, are you just trying to pay more attention to who is able to identify and understand the playbook easier, faster? Or is there ever any like dynamic between the receivers that they're looking at? 
You know, uh, I definitely think it's 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 like chemistry, which again, like that is the downside of all of this is Dylan Gabriel and Dante Moore have zero chemistry with any of our receivers, with our O line, mm-hmm. with anybody. Well, that's there. the qu- maybe, th- but you know, it's like maybe that's it's an interesting like, Ty Thompson dynamic. Would have had that advantage because you could, yeah, because yeah, you can keep them separated theoretically, right? Like this is the mm-hmm. quarterback; they have their own thing. Very much like how we've discovered Pete Carroll was maybe doing with Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, but, yeah, and so one thing that is pretty not like, you know how our offense, and a lot of Husky fans and in general fans, if you wanted to crap on what was a really awesome offense this season mm-hmm. from Oregon, what you said was like, all it is is a bunch of like quick check downs, quick passes, like, easy stuff to do. There's no, like, bombing it down the field like Michael Penix Jr. Mm-hmm. is always doing, you know. It was always these quick little short gain passes, which required the QB to know, like, the system and, mm-hmm. and get it out of his hands really quick. That system is hopefully and, and should be very QB friendly, especially for these kinds of quarterbacks, a Dylan Gabriel. But— and a Dante Moore. Here was what like made sh- Bo Nix special, though, is oh, yeah, that was. there was many shots he took in those situations where one specifically they showed in the replay, he mm. had thrown the ball to where he expect yeah. he trusted the receiver to be before the receiver even even had a notion to look to see if the ball was coming or like that he, is true you know so yeah. it's like that's a chemistry thing like bo nix trusted yeah. the receiver to be there absolutely so and does it that become i don't know i would just love to be on the sidelines during these practices right wouldn't we all just to be yeah, like how does all. this fucking happen man I want to yeah. create no, it, a website that is based on historical data that we can utilize to uh get access to Dan Lanning to ask about what he thinks his historical uh, improvements could be. Go to scoopduck.com. Quack12.com, where we break (laughs) down every single year of Oregon Duck football, starting from the very beginning. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's (laughs) what you're plugging. The Quack12 Patreon. That's right. For five measly dollars, you can get hundreds of hours of Oregon history. That's right. And don't um, forget to go to iTunes and give us five stars and leave a comment about how much you love us. Because if you don't do that, how will we actually ever succeed? Quack Trail of Apple Podcasts. Now, um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, honestly. But I, I think you're right is a lot of plays like that do come down to chemistry, mm-hmm. which will be lacking It's also bit. the thing people hit, like Hithliday hate to talk about i feel like because you can't actually talk about it until we see it yeah Yeah. but at the same time um i think a qb can be a lot more plug and play especially in systems like ours hopefully Mm -hmm. uh then say like this is what hithley is always saying uh offensive line you can't transfer in an entire offensive line exactly and expect it to be good that being said you can and you should recruit individual pieces to offense, you know, like uh, uh, plugging in a player or two in an offensive line is a, is something you should be doing. You should be competing for the best lines. Sure. And we won in a recruiting battle here. Former Indiana offensive lineman. He's six foot six, 305 pounds, six-year senior. Started 39 to 41 games at Indiana, so a ton of 
of uh, reps here. Dang, he this flips, is a country he was boy. Committed. Oh yeah, he com- he was committed to Colorado, but we flipped him, baby. We flipped him instead. We're huh. like, hey, why don't you? Here's a couple. You know, Ooh, Colorado could have used them too, huh? Desperately. We uh, desperate. What did I say, Adam? We're the bad guys. What can I say? We are the bad guys. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about like Wazoo, Oregon State, Colorado level, we yeah. are absolutely the bad guys. Um, but so yeah, this is. I think this is Matthew Bedford flipped. Uh, I'm pretty excited for him. Has a really good pass blocking efficiency. He had a knee injury for a minute, but hopefully he's healed up from that. Four hundred seven. I mean, yeah, that his, definitely deserves a lot year. more scrutiny. What do you mean, the knee injury? Yeah, uh, I I'm not quite sure. Uh, it was last year, but I I don't know. He he has a whole bunch of starts outside of that. Thirty nine out of forty one games. I I don't. And that's a huge frame, you know. Like, oh yeah, you start hitting that for ninety minutes every other day. With 200 pounds of intense force. Oh, God. These How can anyone kids. play offensive line? For real, dude. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, the human body is not built to withstand that. Maybe that's why football is no. so great is that we showcase humans who are willing to try. It's just who's the toughest. It yeah, truly is. Who is the toughest? Sport. Uh, so our class right now is just truly freaking top of the pack that's for sure like we got uh i think the highlight is um in breland five-star defensive line uh defensive lineman from california but we also got like four-star defensive lineman uh ex this is a tough name for me i'll, I'll learn it but exadavian sims i think mm-hmm. um four-star defensive line tioni gray five-star edge rusher elijah rushing uh, just so many four stars, so many, a uh, couple of five stars here. This is the kind of program, like the kind of uh, recruiting you need to be doing to truly be elite, the top. Like we are matching, not quite Georgia and Alabama because they're freaking insane. They're getting like all the. But I mean, stars. the mere fact that you brought up those two teams as the ones we're yeah. not quite matching is like, well, that's the only level. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're top 10, yeah, yeah which is yeah. doing amazing. Amazing. Spending that money, baby. Like, like Well, we have the most exciting well coach, period. I think so. Yeah, I mean that, or there's a couple more, but like, it'd help if he beat Washington. But um, yeah, no, he's he's really exciting. Very exciting uh, recruiting, absolutely. And um, I think we're in good shape. Meanwhile, Huskies not doing so well in the recruiting front, so I really like that. And they're about to lose freaking everybody, huh. which I love that. <laughs> uh, we also got, actually, if you're looking for a running back, like an underdog running back. Yeah, I'm always looking D2 for that underdog level, running back. D2 level, we got Jay Harris. Um, he was actually, so he played on the Northwest Missouri State Bearcats. Never heard of them in my life. He was first team All-American for the D2 level. Um, he's a big old boy, too, 6'2", 215. He may be really used for, like, the goal line kind of stuff. Actually, he even played a little bit of uh, a defensive back. I don't think he will for us, but he is a two-way player, technically. And he rushed in a, uh, for over 100 yards in every game this last season. So, against way lesser competition. Hmm. But that's something. I mean, our running, I still love our running back room. Bucky Irving's leaving. He's playing Fine. in the bowl game, which which is really freaking cool. 
But Buck Irving's going in the NFL. Good Power for him. him. Deserves it. it. Uh, I love Jordan James. I think he's our QB1. Yes. Noah Whittington likely staying, likely being healthy. He's he's probably going to be like 1, 1A or 1B. That's awesome. Those are two great ones. Um, yeah, I believe Dante Dowdell is is out, but Jaden Lamar, he's transferring out, but Jaden Lamar looks good. We got this new guy. I, I feel great about the running back room. I think Jordan um, James is yeah. about to shine. We're about to see a Dude, kid. he's looking good. We're about to see a kid, like, good. discover true potential. Yeah, I'm. I'm absolutely. Dare I say, we might have just unlocked the next Bo Jackson. Just saying. Ooh. Ooh. He's not a two-way player, but I like it. I don't want him to be either. Uh, we just want him to focus on player. football. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, so I love I love where the football team's going. How about we talk about another sport with a different ball completely? And that, my friend, would be... Quacks ball. Hey, hey! Can we use this as a perfect opportunity for me to go run and use the restroom real quick, and then be right back? Absolutely, we're not cutting it out. It's gonna be dead air. Okay, here we go. I'm joking. I'm joking. We'll be back to you after these messages. We'll be right quack. Well, Aaron, hate to say it, but. The time machine is broken. I mean, this whole thing was running off the power of your cell phone. And obviously, when we hit 1894, there's no longer cell service or Wi-Fi connection, so... Not gonna lie, I did not think this through. God almighty, Adam, what are we supposed to do now? I mean, we're in Eugene, Oregon in 1894. We could check out the very first duck game. Maybe it's a good thing. No, it's not good. Look, we've already been here for about five days, and the very first thing I learned living in Eugene, Oregon, is that shows have been banned that are quote-unquote unchaste and demoralizing. And that's kind of the only kind of content we know how to make, dude. We can review every duck season as it happens. Even the children here are freaky. Then post it on the Quack 12 Patreon in the future. I mean, it's just really hard to not spoil, you know, tragic national events. Imagine it, a weekly show dedicated to Oregon football history with two charismatic time-traveling stoner hosts. We live in the most expensive house in Eugene, and it's a fucking shack. And the most beautiful thing about it? We can charge them a measly five bucks in the future. And when we get it in the past, we'll be freaking millionaires comparatively. And I'm talking robber baron status, baby. Adam, I make bugs fight in a shoebox just to simulate television. All listeners would have to do is go to patreon.com slash quack12 and sign up for hundreds of hours of duck entertainment. But the hooch is good. In fact, it's kind of got me wanting to try my my own hand at it. That's right. For a measly $5 a month, that's patreon.com slash quack12. Now let's go watch them lemon yellows give those hay seeds what for. And keep your eye out for Dr. Schroeder's blueberry wine. That's right. Quacks it ball. Hmm. <laughs> 
I like the way they dribble up and down the court. There it um, is. Aaron. 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 Where you want to... Aaron. Aaron. Sorry. <laughs> That's good. I set, you, I set you up for it. Um, where do you want to start, men's or women's? Um, Which gender do you I want to have a nice, positive boost from the get, and I want it to come from the women. So, okay. fingers crossed right, then. that I get uh, some positive feedback. You actually chose right then. Yes. Um, last we talked, actually there's a game... As of this record, so this game's probably already happened by the time this episode even comes out. Sure. So hopefully there's no egg on our face. They play Utah Tech today. That should be a win. Oh, my God, that should be a win. That's the beginning of the Trailblazer Classic Okay. in St. George, Utah. You been? Have you ever been to St. George, Utah? No. You know, oddly enough, Utah for me is uh, Salt Lake City, Moab, and otherwise I've just yeah. kind of driven through oh my man we got to get you baptized there salt lake city or utah yeah either one don't worry dude i'll do it okay um oh in satan (laughs) no oh aaron you got a lot to learn um southern university we we beat by 30 points and that doesn't really tell us much of this team like we we should do that sure we played against the University of Texas, San Antonio, the Roadrunners. Oh, that's where my How do you feel about lives. San Antonio? Oh, there you go. Okay, sister lives there. My buddy Isaac is from there. Uh, so my buddy Michael lives there. Uh, okay. I think it's a huge sprawl of land that gets too mm-hmm. hot for my personal taste anymore. Okay. But too hot to um, a lot of really fun things to do. Bravo, San Antonio. There you go. You love it. Okay. Um, so, we, and this is a team that we should be beating. Not by, I mean, 30 points would be nice. The, some of the older Duck teams would have beaten them by 30 points. But we should be at least beating them, mm-hmm. certainly on our home court. And this was a close one. It really came down to the wire. Um, so, we, at halftime, we had like a six-point lead. And near the end, a couple minutes left or something like that, we only had a five-point lead, I want to say. Okay. But we did then score eight unanswered points, so we got a 13-point win. Um, all I would – I mean, I think rebounding is a is a problem for this team right now. It's kind of all on Filipina Che and Grace Van Sluten's shoulders, uh, which Grace Van Sluten – 10 points, 10 rebounds, say that's pretty dang good. 3 of 7 from the floor. Filipina Che, 7.7 rebounds. It'd be nice to get some more offensive production out of her. Uh, Though they were swarming her. They really were, like, swarming to her every time they got the ball. Because I think the blueprint to beat this Oregon team is take take the inside ball out for Oregon's offense. Make sure Filipina Che isn't getting easy rebounds. Keep Grace Van Sluten into reasonable numbers, especially in the paint. And if you do that, then Oregon has to play D and they have to hit the three, something we haven't been very good at, mm-hmm. certainly the three-point game. We went 6-20 from three-point land, which isn't terrible. It's not going to, like, 
you know, be the winning factor if we shoot like that. But I'm I'm fine with that compared to how we've been playing. <laughs> you know how we've been shooting. That ain't so bad. 35% from the floor is rough, and that is definitely showing, like, telling that they were taking out our post game. But um, overall, I mean, 19 points off turnovers, 19 points off the bench, which has been a big problem for us. Uh, you know, getting actual bench contribution. In a new face, even, Priscilla Williams was deemed eligible. She played at USF. She played at Syracuse. She transferred to us. We weren't sure if she was really going to be able to play. But uh, the higher-ups deemed her eligible. So she got her first minutes, got her first buckets, felt good. She also got 13 points, which is pretty awesome. Seven of those were from the charity stripe, but hey, that's fine. Uh, she hit a couple three-pointers, which is tied for as much as anyone else did because Chance Gray went to a seven. Sophia Bell went to a seven. Hmm. We did just enough. Sure. Just enough to win this, but we won, so that's all you really need. Uh, I mean, we held them to 11% from the three-point line, two of 18, and 26% from the floor. So our D did show up, and that is, you know, the... The theme of this season is right. we're trying to be a defensive team. Hey, now. So it works. It works. We did it. And not only that, but actually, this got Kelly Graves his 600th win as a coach. Not at Oregon, but in general. Um, so that's cool. I guess. And honestly, to their credit, because I've been saying a lot, like, I don't think Kelly Graves over the years has had, you know, goodwill in the locker room my main evidence has been the amount of people of of clear starters that have transferred out of the program Mm -hmm. however judging from social media which again is a a evil bad thing that we shouldn't take seriously um judging from social media alone this team really freaking loves him and he really loves this team like i do think this team is Playing for Kelly Graves. Interesting. They're just not as talented and and not quite yet cohesive enough, mm-hmm. especially offensively. But um, and, and rebounds are, are really killing us right now as well. But they're fighting for him at least. Uh, we'll see who's sticking around in the off season. Mm-hmm. And we're about to get some real, like a real challenge. Like Utah Tech shouldn't be a challenge, but. Oklahoma State afterwards, and then we're getting into Pac-12 play. So it gets, oh, it gets God. real, real after that. Like, the Pac-12, I'll tell you this, Pac-12 women's basketball, oh boy, as per, as per usual, is the leader of, of the whole freaking world. Um, because, like, I'm looking at the conference standings right now, which there's only been, like, two Pac-12 games, so it doesn't really matter in that regard. But we've got one, two, three, four, five, six ranked teams, six top 25 teams, including number two, UCLA, number six, USC, number eight, Colorado, nine, Stanford, 11, Utah, 23, Washington, which you know I hate that. I don't want to see a good Washington team. And then even Oregon State, who's our first Pac-12 opponent, this year, uh, they're 8-0. They're unranked, but they're undefeated as well. And we are near the bottom of these rankings. 
So I don't know, man. Like that's gonna it's gonna get real. We're, we'll mm-hmm. see how good or bad this team can be when conference uh, time comes. Now, as far as men's team is concerned, oh boy. Okay, we've had a couple of games here. One was against California Baptist, which. Made it a game for a while, but fortunately, Jackson Shellstad, uh, Cario Quendo, Jermaine Kuznar, they responded, and, and they got an easy win, 76-55. to 55, As you should Good. against California right. Baptist. Then came a game against Syracuse. Syracuse is a pretty decent squad, I'll say that. They're not world beaters, but they are a power program. Or whatever they are, you know. They're a decent squad. I don't know what world decent, beater or power beat. program means. <laughs> they're they're a team that we that should be competitive against us. That you know, they're not like in a lower run. Gotcha of of basketball. Okay, should be competitive. Uh, should be competitive, and they very much were. I mean, to be fair, I believe this was like a a neutral site, but uh, yeah, it was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we had a good ten point lead for a while, a good chunk. The first nine minutes, I believe, we held them to 9% shooting. So it felt like, okay, we got this in hand. We don't have our bigs. Only Kwame Evans Jr. out there, you know, the freshman is really holding down. Yeah. But, uh, we're looking good. Okay, our guard play's keeping us in this. Then Syracuse just responded hard. Uh-huh. And we didn't have the players to really answer them, specifically in the paint. And they took it to us, man. Eighty-three to sixty-three, they beat the crap out of us. <laughs> Which it's like, yeah, this is kind of bound to hat. Our injuries are pretty rough. Yeah, key spots. That being said, it would have been nice to be more competitive in this one. They really like it, we were putting in backups. They were putting in backups at the end because it just got out of hand. Um, <laughs> if you want to get some silver lining. Yeah, I do. Give me a little bit. I mean, our our fresh, you know, guy who's trying to be Peyton Pritchard, he did score 16 points, 6 of 16 from the floor, 2 of 10 from the three-point range. That's not wonderful. But he was one of our leading scorers, scorers, as was Kwame Evans Jr., 17 points, 8 rebounds. Not bad, not bad. Other than that, not many people showed up for this one. Uh, Oh, my God. We recorded this early in the morning. Sorry, everybody. Uh, 11 points from Cario Aquendo, but overall, man, not very good. Yeah. We were out-rebounded. Wow. 36-31. They got 44 points off their bench. I think that really was the difference maker. Is when we put in our bench players, I mean, when we were putting in Tracy and, and, and other players during crunch time, it just wasn't working out. And then they were just in there because we wanted to keep away from regular injuries. Yep. Uh, they also we also turned over the ball quite a bit. They got twenty three points off of turnovers, and they scored fifty points in the paint. That's not happening if as much as likely if we got Dante and Biddle. Uh-huh. If we got our two seven footers in there. They're not scoring as easily in the paint. Hey, I have to ask, because we're early in the season, and I always forget Mm -hmm. every year, and then sometimes I don't ask, and sometimes I need to, and so now is one of those. When you say in the paint, that means the literal, like, square underneath the goal by the free throw line. 
You nailed it, my man. Okay. You nailed it. Uh, so so literally just like going right up to the right room, where you, know, you need you seven, seven foot tall people to stop things. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> so this is another rough loss, and it, it <clears throat> appears uh, until everyone is fully healed, which we don't know when that's going to be. Man, that seems like the storyline for a while. Yeah, for years, honestly. Um, we we're not we may not be competitive against. The better teams. Are we picking who knows? kids because of stat numbers and ignoring that they have injury prone things, or is that just basketball? I mean, basketball I is just twisted ankles, right? Constantly. I mean, if it's Oregon basketball, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I don't know what to tell you. I, I've heard that Dana has altered. His practices to just be like less physical. It's just like, dude, we can't, we can't deal with any more injuries. But that explains <laughs> it if he's allowing super tough physicality in practice as well. Yeah. Well, and you know, like Nate Biddle got injured during game. Um, a couple of the are like Mookie and like Shellstad that happened in the off season. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Just unlucky. Uh, so up next is Kent State that okay. in Eugene that should be that should be a win. Uh, it'll be tough if it's not. That's going to be a hard one to stomach. We got to get the wins while we can. And then December twenty eighth in Eugene, Brawny. That's right, Brawny James, uh, LeBron's son. Oh yeah, USC. They haven't been a great team, which is news to my ears. I want some easy wins. They're coming to Eugene, Oregon, and then UCLA, who also, you know, they've lost to, they have, they've had a really tough schedule. Uh, they're a young team as well, but they're also coming to Eugene, Oregon. So that's that's going to be big tests, yeah, big games. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens. Hopefully by then, maybe Dana's like, maybe at least one or two of our injured players can get back in by then. Who knows? I don't know, but um, yeah. So think the sky isn't falling. But, uh, yeah, that that is a tough loss. That's well, tough loss. I don't know why. I don't know why. But for whatever reason, I know that in over the years, I have maybe questioned Kelly Graves' coaching. For mm-hmm. some reason, uh, Dana Altman has been able to uh, circumvent that reality with me. It is interesting, the injury proneness. I never actually put that in there, but I trust he knows what he's doing. So I think we'll be fine. We're always going to be a fine enough basketball team, right? They typically get better, as we always, always say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this yeah, one really is, we would have been, we were in the pocket ready to go out of the gate, I feel like, but then stuff started going sour. Yeah. We would be a pretty freaking solid team, I I believe, if we had those three players. Right. Uh, Mookie, And so I really Dante, think that that one, this one just Middle. is injury proneness. So, yeah. Uh, Dana yeah. Altman. Welcome to the Schroeder radar. You've been discovered, oh. sir, and I see sh- your heat sinking missiles. The Schroeder. Uh, the Schroeder. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> That's amazing. No one wants to be on the Schroeder. No. Should it be the Schroeder? <laughs> oh no, that's better. The Schroeder. Schroeder that's might good. be a little too close to Hodor, and I don't want people to like Schroeder. <laughs> <laughs> we should have one episode where you only say Schroeder. Yeah. 
I just got there. Wow, it's amazing. That's oh great. God! Thank um, God I'm not in the seventh grade. I would be getting hosed during Game of Thrones. Hosed. You are a hoser. Yeah. Now, uh, well, I mean, this is a short episode. Uh, you know, this is a great episode. What are you talking about? This is it's the best we've done. Season. I got a couple of things we can talk about. Hit me. I for I I will know. I'll, I'll go back and listen and figure out who we picked, but. The two bowl games have happened. Two oh, Pac-12 snap. bowl games have happened. So we have a result. I forget who I chose. I forget who you chose. But uh, starting off with Cal versus Texas Tech. I picked Tech. Two teams we've played. And you I picked Cal. I'm fairly certain. Because me and Hith. I'm fairly certain. Me and Hith were basically picking the same every game. I think I picked Cal as well. Yeah. And I was wrong. Oh. Dead wrong. I was freaking dead wrong, my man. Uh, Texas Tech beat, honestly, really smoked them. Really took it to them. Um, Fernando Mendoza, 22 of 33, 261 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Some of those interceptions were because, you know, like later in the game, like trying to make stuff work. But honestly, just a bad showing from this Cal team. That's okay. Did not. 16 carries for 45 yards, one touchdown. Not enough if you're going to be competitive in this game. The Cal O-line was not up for the task. Texas Tech, on the other hand, Morton, 27-43. I know they got high hopes for Morton, too. So Three touchdowns, an interception. Taj Brooks nearly got 100 yards, got a touchdown. They just beat the crap out of him, man. Uh, Cal's in rough shape where it's like this is one of their better seasons in the last few years, mainly because they got to a bowl game and they just don't look great. And uh, I don't know. I think Cal in general is, I mean, they're going to the ACC. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to help them. I think they're in rough shape. RIP goal. I mean, you know, when we first started this crazy little podcast, Adam, I remember mm-hmm. – loving them so much it was such yeah. a cool team the vibe felt great <sighs> uh tough loss i'm gonna miss tough you guys loss. good luck, good luck. <laughs> pirate, Bye. Yeah, there are you're going into the land of pirate ships my dude you're gonna get fucking <sighs> ripped apart bye forever yeah. <laughs> um. the bermuda triangle yeah, basically, of Virginia. Uh, um, and then, meanwhile, UCLA, Boise State. I'm fairly certain that I chose Boise State. I was pretty confident in UCLA just having nothing to play for, that Chip Kelly just... I feel like was, I probably was the same way. Probably, I don't remember. I think I think all, may, all three of us may choose Makes Boise. sense. Well, Boise went down early. But rallied back. Nice. Even with even with a quarterback injury, Colin Schley, he started off real hot, 11-16, 78 yards, one touchdown, also 127 yards on the ground. Wow. Which Himself? Was the, he ran those? Yeah. He ran 127 yards on seven carries. This dude um, is desperate yeah. to get, uh, get picked up. Yeah, well, I mean— he may – I think he should be the starter next year. Oh, wait. What year is he? They, I assumed um, he was just – I, I assumed this was his tape for the NFL. 
he's a junior, so yeah, he. I think he'll be the starter next year, especially with that running ability. Um, but and Dante Moore no longer is is a Bruin, right? You know. Oh right! So, oh my God! I, wow! Hilarious! I, I think he'll be the starter, and um, I mean, with 127 yards, it's against Boise State. But he got know, injured in this coach. game. He did get injured. I don't know how serious it is, but he didn't. They didn't put him back in, and so they put long time, you know, backup. Ethan Garbers comes out nine to twelve uh, for 152 yards, two touchdowns. Also added 38 yards on the ground. Really pulled away from Boise State. Uh, it was competitive at first, you know, like Boise State had the lead, but their passing game, twelve of twenty-one, 117 yards, one interception. That's kind of what what sold it. They they just weren't really. They were able to get theirs on the ground, but not really translate that into enough points mm-hmm. to make this a competitive game. So kudos to UCLA, but. I'm still not feeling stoked if I'm a UCLA fan with all the mismanagement Chip Kelly's done. Yeah, there. I, this is supposed to be an easy season, and they got an eight and five record out of it. Uh, yeah, now I mean it's starting to, to look like who was the old guy down in Arizona that started putting up some pretty pathetic stats until they finally had to be like, "You've got to go." Uh, who was that? You talking about a QB? No, I'm talking about a head coach. Oh, Herm Edwards. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, we're talking Kevin Sumlin at Arizona. The old guy you're talking about Arizona State. Yes, Arizona Herm State. Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you start putting I mean, up bad you start putting up mid stats. Yeah. It's, I'll tell you honestly, Chip Kelly should maybe stop that and he's been going on social media a lot being like I got. I'll tell you how to fix college football. We need a commissioner. We need to so they can like actually make you know uh, kids need to like. He's just coming up with a lot of good ideas as far as like the really the grand scheme of college football. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Um, honestly, he sh- he'd be a great college commissioner. I think he should do that. <laughs> he'd be perfect for well, that. Oh uh, God! Smart. Well, this is a whole topic that I think we should get into. Uh, you know, on another week when we have more time. But that is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I want to learn more off-season. about that. Yeah, off-season topic: Chip Kelly for commissioner. I love. Yeah. Um, or he can be UCLA's head coach and just run that thing into the ground. That'd be pretty cool. <sighs> that being said, Aaron, uh, so that's the last we'll talk about Cal for a while. UCLA is coming with us to the Big Ten, so that's good. But um, Aaron, hmm. that's been uh, that's been your Quack Twelve podcast. UCLA is coming with us to the Big Ten. I thought yeah, us in Washington were solo bolos to on a spot. No, bro. And, and UCLA, UCLA. And- USC were the first ones to go over. That's why the Pac-12 died, really. Right, but I thought those two teams were going to a whole other place that we were not going to. Oh, okay, interesting. So we just got absorbed, really. Re-breaking the news to you. Well, I probably never understood it from the beginning, so you're actually just (laughs) telling me. (laughs) Well, now I hope hope you are. Um, Aaron, uh, what can I say? Usually we have a super specific prediction, but now I don't even... I don't even know what game. Uh, How about this? I'll pull up. A, I think I believe there's a Pac-12 bowl <clears throat> game. There's got to be. I have a prediction. Well, hold on. Let me tell you who's playing. Unless you don't. Unless you don't want that information. No, give me the information. Let's do this. Okay. Um, looks like the next team who will be playing in a bowl game 
We got December. Wait, December. Oh God. Damn. They're far away. The I bet. Pac, no, the Pac-12 network is just fucking. Ball. I mean, I guess they've just packed it in at this point, literally. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, they've got. You know, they're already turning off lights. <laughs> they they actually are. They just laid off like. Literally yeah. every single oh, person. Oh, I would not yeah. be surprised if uh, some very low-rung individual uh, was just taught how to hit, play, record, uh, yeah. you know, transition wipes. Some intern that's still not getting Yeah, paid. one person is um, going to do the whole production of every bowl game. Anyway. Aaron. All right. Up next. So the, the next game that will happen before we talk again. Mm-hmm. Will happen two days before Christmas, mm. uh, which is Utah versus Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Utah is a battered, weird team. Northwestern's just a bad team. I couldn't tell you who's going to win this. It's going to be ugly. I mean, we definitely predicted. I'm fairly certain I thought Utah was going to pull this one out. Yeah, I think we both went Utah. But, but what do you got? Super specific prediction. Super. Let's hear it. I predict that... Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her husband will be in attendance at the game, and she will be wearing a baseball cap. Like, I like that. Look at that. You know your knowledge. You know she's a Northwestern fan Uh or alum. I don't know. Something. Okay, okay, okay. I like that. She met her Um, husband there. That's right. My prediction, my prediction is that Utah will win this game. Mm. Um, it'll actually not look like a blowout blowout, but there'll be two pick sixes, and mm. that's why they win by at least ten points. But it'll you'll look at the final score and you'll be like, wait, with two pick sixes, this should be a higher number. I what predict going on? somebody I don't know who it's gonna be. I mean, obviously it's gonna be a kicker. Uh, okay. is going to be going for, like, the extra point or for the three points, and is just going to hit a right proper dinger on the post. Ooh, like, I like Like, that. audible in the uh, production microphones, you know what I mean? Like, we will all hear it Boom. go, <laughs> I love those. You got to love those. Dude. Like, Camden Lewis, when he got that kick <laughs> to win us in that bowl, win that bowl game. Uh-huh. And it shouldn't have been a big deal, but it was like, he got the point after. Yeah. That was the one where he was like, I kind of almost wish that would have been his final game because it was so funny for him. Just both hands up. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm done with this shit. Uh, anyways, love you, Aaron. Love you, Adam. Podcast, at Quack Troll Podcast on Twitter. Give us five stars and Apple Podcast as well. Um, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Quack, quack. Quack, quack.